Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. We're in this series right now called uh, What the Doctor Ordered, and uh, we're talking about relational prescriptions. Now, how many of you, out of round of applause, are a parent in this room right now? Round of applause, your parent. Okay, hold on, stop. Okay, continue applauding if you think parenting is easy. Continue parenting if you have all the answers. Or continue parenting. (laughs) Continue applauding if you have all the answers. Continue parenting. We're all done. It's over. (laughs) Love you, boys. See ya. Enjoy the rest of your day. (laughs) Okay? Applaud if you're going, I don't have it all figured out as a parent. Okay. Applaud if your parents had it figured out. Applaud if you ever said to your parent, I will never be like fill in the blank. <laughs> now applaud if you actually were like that. <laughs> Most of it. <laughs> okay, the rest of you are all living in denial still, just FYI. Okay, so when I was eight years old, and so I remember this, I was born in 1979, so Derek is right, I'm old, and I was on the way, um, thank you, and so I was at home, and we were listening, 1987, we had a big game going on, okay, Minnesota Twins, man, that was our year, and so I was a baseball fanatic, and so I'm listening to it, and then all of a sudden, my mom receives a phone call from my dad, and my dad had to go down to Reno, Nevada to deliver a player piano. That's what he did for a living, and he calls my mom, and I hear my mom talking. Some of you have heard the story, and, and my mom was freaking out, going, we've got to go see your dad. We've got to leave right now, and I'm going, mom, why? Like, what happened? And she goes, and now, now I was eight years old, and so as an eight-year-old, this kind of freaks you out. She goes, your dad broke his arm. And so she finds flights. It was Northwestern at the time, not Delta and, and Northwest. And, and so she gets us on this Northwest flight that goes from here to Denver. We've got all this landing gear issue, all, just a bunch of issues that are going on. We go from Denver over to Reno, Nevada. I swore I would never fly again after this flight. It was awful. And we land. And, like, I'm an 8-year-old, and I have a sister who's two and a half years younger. And I'm so excited to see my dad because I'm like, man, I just can't wait for our family to be, get, be together and everything's going to be great. And so we show up and we have the transfer from the airport to the hotel. I don't remember all the details of it, but we show up in front of the hotel and there's an awning and my father is standing underneath the awning and my mom gets out. And the whole reason that my, my dad wanted her to come is he said, honey, I have a broken arm, please come. She gets out of the vehicle and my dad is standing there with two perfectly working arms. My mom was furious. Like, and I'm an eight. I I didn't even know those curse words existed. I had no idea. And and they just blah, blah, blah. And, and I just watching this. And I'm an eight year old. My sister, who's two and a half years young, you know, she's five and a half. She's watching this take place. And and it was like the trip from hell, man. It was just awful. And and I watched my parents like argue it out and battle it out. And then not only not now we had a vehicle down there, the van that my dad drove the piano with. So now we are like driving back from Reno, Nevada to Minneapolis. And as an eight-year-old, that feels like a million years in a van. And so this, this, this was kind of our family. I would watch my parents fight. I would watch them argue. And then they'd try to figure it out. And, and they'd work together. I watched my parents go through uh, situations like this over and over. And uh, as, a, as a kid, how many know as a kid the family events that you walk through, that you see, you experience, you observe... They affect you for the rest of your life many times, don't they? 
They, 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 they really make you who you are. Now, yes, we can say we put Jesus in there and he changes the equation and that's truth. However, it really impacts how you see the world. It impacts who you are. It impacts how you parent. It impacts how you communicate. It impacts all your relations until you realize that Jesus is really the one sent by God, the perfect Father. And that's where we have to get to today. And so the last two Sundays... We looked at research on how to keep a healthy marriage. And many of those same concepts we looked at, you could talk about that with parenting. You could talk about that with dating. You could talk about that with any relationship, uh, really for a healthy family. You know, we talked about fighting fair, okay? How many went home and had a fair fight? We did, and I won. No, um, my wife told me to say that. Um, Some of you got that. Conflict, learning how to manage conflict. You know, marriage and good relations aren't the absence of conflict, but the management of it. We looked at how to deal with that. Commitment. We looked at that's the number one reason there's divorce is because of a failure to commit. Marriage is 100% and 100%, not 50-50. Not abusing substances we looked at. How many know that that is just as pertinent in raising kids as it is in marriage? Not emotionally abusing. And and much more that we looked at. And so before we jump into today, because I'm really going to focus on you parents, all right? And so... Not all of you here are parents. And you go, I don't want you to tune this out because someday you might be. But just out of round of applause, how many here are a child of someone? That was the test. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. It says, start children off on the way they should go. And even when they're my age they will not turn from it. Even when they're old, they will not turn from it. Now we have got different situations, even within this room right now. We have families, you know, the average has 1.2 kids, you know, so you got like one and a quarter children. That's, that's average, all right? In St. Francis, do you know the average is close to 2.7 kids per family? We're, we're big family city, okay? Family is not always blood. Sometimes it's a blended family together. Sometimes, maybe right now you're going, you know what? I'm single. I don't have this thing figured out. Just let me speak to you just for a moment. If you're, if you're single in here, okay, um, I want you to know that, you know what? You're still valued. You're, there's still family because sometimes there's other relationships that are beyond just blood. All right, there's nothing innately wrong with you if you're single. I want you to know, like, well, Pastor Chris is focusing on marriages and families and all this. And I want you to see that we need to use this. Pray for those. Help them and realize that you're a part of this family here today. Amen? Amen. Some of us have many kids. Some of us just one kid. Some of us have kids through adoption or foster care. Some of us have a variety of all of these different things. And we have kids at various different ages all the time. You will, or I'm asking for grace today from you because here's the deal. Truth be told, my claim statement, my kids are not yet adults, okay? So I can't get up here and say, well, look at, they're, they're adults now, they all turned out great. I, I hope they do. I'm, I'm going for it. I hope they all turn out great. And this is my claim statement to you, is some things when it comes to us being parents, there's nothing we can teach them. Some things are just not taught, they're caught. And just as I was observing my parents early on and some of our dysfunction and some of the things in our family dynamics, your kids are observing you right now. (gasps) Right now. They're observing you. They're watching you. So I'm not saying that I have a corner on the market. 
The only thing that I know that has a corner on the market when it comes to parenting is the Word of God. That's it. Jesus alone equals great parenting. And so seek Him in this. Take what we'll talk about today and utilize it, but it all has to turn back to Him. If you have yet to surrender your life to Him, that's the starting point today for you. Can I hear a good amen from somebody? Okay. Now, you might not agree with this scripture, but it's Bible. So uh, this, is, this is truth. It says, children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring, a reward from Him. How many know your children are a re- reward? Even though you won't punch them in the face sometimes. They're a reward, okay? They're a reward. They're a reward. Okay? Every single one of us in here, we are a reward. Look to the person next to you and say, you're a reward. All right. So let me give you a couple just points to take home and to work through in this week to come. Here you go. I got four. Number one, good parents are intentional and do not happen by accident. You'll never be a good parent by accident. Well, I'm hoping for the best. I hope they hope they turned out okay. You know, I think they're going to be all right. You know, I'm a Packer fan. They'll be okay. No, it's over for you. There's no hope. Okay. But if but you have to realize you've got to be intentional as a parent. And a few years ago, I talked to Community Ed. We serve on the, Derek and I serve on the board for Community Ed in St. Francis. Um, we have somebody within our church that serves on the board of the Chamber of Commerce. We talk to business leaders, government officials all the time. And I ask them every year, what do you see as the biggest need of our community right now? Do you know what I was told? You don't already know where I'm going. I was told parenting is the biggest need of our community by many people. And so I talked to Community Ed and I said, here's what we'd like to do. We would like to do a parenting class. And they said, all right, let's get it in the book. Let's get it going. And guess how many people we had show up to our parenting class with Community Ed? Zero. Nobody. Okay? And, and so I was bombed. But here's the deal with parenting. Here's what happens. What I see, and this is my observance, is I see parents who want to learn more are really the ones that are doing great. It's the people that go, I'm good and I'm fine and I've arrived. You're the ones that really need it. We're the ones that go, man. And so if you think you've arrived as a parent, here's my challenge to you. You never will. (laughs) None of us will. And so what's the next thing to learn to be a better parent to our kids, okay? It says this in 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Thank you, Jesus. If it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have eternal life. Look at the sacrifices you make around you for others, for your kids. The activities, the things you do for them as a parent. These are the area lo- areas of your life where you love. And you make sacrifices for your kids all the time, don't we? And there's nothing wrong with that. There's not like, a, oh my gosh, look at all the sacrifices I made. But it's a living so that they see that, so they know they're valued. They know they're cared for. You know that you're putting them first. Children can see where our priorities are at, where where your love is directed. Children learn from God's love through the sacrificial commitments we make to them and then we teach them to make. Okay? They learn that through you. So you got to love them. You have to respect them second. How do we intentional? We love them. We respect them. Children and teens are worthy of respect. Why? Because they're perfect in every way. (laughs) They clean their room when you ask. They get off Xbox when you ask. Maybe that's just at our perfect house. Um, If you're the pastor, you never argue or make your kids cry on the way to church ever, not even this morning when you're teaching on parenting. 
just a little side note here quick. If God calls you to full-time ministry or you get an opportunity to preach a message ever, two things. Don't ever preach on, okay? Marriage, because God will test it. Uh, and then patience and trust, because he'll test that too. That's a little side note for you. Okay, moving on. Children learn God's love through you, but then they also learn respect from you, okay? They'll see it. It's about who they are. It's not about what they've done. It's not about what they've accomplished. In fact, nothing will hurt a child more than being treated as, as if he or she is useless. And almost nothing will encourage him or, she, him or her more than being respected and being valued. You know, for us as, as a church here, one of our main values is that we never ever want our kids or our youth to be an afterthought. We want them to be the main focus. Shouldn't that be the same in our households as well? We want to make sure they know they're respected, they're loved, and they're taken care of. I'm not saying they're the center focal point of your family. Please hear me out. They're a part of the family and they figure out how to make it work, but we love them and we respect them as they become a part of that. Okay? Love them, respect them. The other way to be an intentional parent, create boundaries. Create boundaries for them. Okay? I heard it said, and I can't remember who said it, but he said, let the good things in. Oh, it was Henry now. Let the good things in and keep the bad things out. Just create boundaries for them. Now, how many know a kid is going to push back on boundaries? But how many know deep down inside, they know and feel loved when you give them to them? If you don't, they do. Because they love structure. They want boundaries more than they're even able to see. I have a couple teenagers right now. They all know this better than I do, but I'm still going to pretend like I've got a corner on it just a little bit, okay? Just a little bit. I was 16 once too. I had it figured out. Create boundaries though. Be deliberate about the boundaries for media, behavior, relationships, godly living, and vibrant faith. And let me just say this. If you're telling your kid, man, you got to read the Bible, you got to read the Bible. If they don't see you reading it, don't expect them to. Okay? We've got to set that stage. And if you're having trouble doing it, guess what? It's family devotion time. Let's get together. Let's read the Bible together. Let's do that together from time to time. The last one of, of how to be intentional here is display grace and forgiveness. How many, just out of, a round of applause here, okay? No, no one's watching except everybody on Facebook Live. How many right now wish your mom and dad would have displayed more grace and forgiveness to you? It's probably about 60% of us parents in here. Display that to them. They need it. They need you to show that. Be willing to model forgiveness and grace regardless of the personal cost that happens to you, okay? They're not going to think anything less of you. They're going to think more if you demonstrate grace and forgiveness. You know that you're parenting well, by the way, when your children imitate you and you want them to, okay? They imitate you and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? And you realize it's you. Well, let's figure that out a little bit, okay? You know, I have to do this all the time. I, I hate eating crow or whatever you want to call it, but there's times where I'll be a little harsh on my kids and my voice will raise. And, and then, uh, I know it's just me, no one else, but wh- when that happens, I realize, wow, I'm not displaying the Father's love right now. And so I'll just take them aside one-on-one and I'll be like, hey, can you forgive me? Because even though I'm frustrated about this, I didn't handle it the right way. And I do that to go, hey, we, I want you to see that I'm human too. I make mistakes. Number two, everybody say number two. Everybody say number two predictable <clears throat> predictable parenting makes powerful parents. Sorry about all the P's there. I just didn't know another way to phrase it. But predictable parenting makes powerful parents.
parents. Okay, so what we need in parents, we need to be predictable. They want to know what to expect. And so have structure. Let me show you this quick Will Ferrell commercial that I just saw. Look at this for just a quick second. So, sweetie, tell me about your day. Well, today, actually, I was driving to the grocery store and I saw a dog. Oh, you saw a dog? Daddy, put your phone in the basket. The basket's so crowded, though. Just put it in. Oh, wait. Put it in the basket. In the basket. Put it in the basket. Right? It's an easy thing. Just put it in the basket. Please put it in the basket. Thanks. Thanks. Right. Let's see what we can get this meal. As long as it's in the basket, though, I can technically still touch it, right? You know, I saw this. And, and I thought, uh, sometimes we'll watch videos on an app called Sony Crackle, and this was one of the ads that came on, and I thought, this was, this was so good. And, and there's, a other, there's other series of them. And uh, I just thought, you know what? This is structure. They're doing dinner together. That's one of our values in our household. And I'm not here, by the way, today to go, you need to do one, two, three, four, five, six. No. But one of our values is we do meal together. You know, yesterday we were at lunch together. My, my wife is, she's on a trip right now, and so it was me and the boys. My daughter's at college, and so we were at lunch, and we had three iPhones out. And I said, hey, we're going to put the iPhones down for lunch. And we just, we had a good time picking on each other, talking about the past, being guys. It was awesome. Discipline is super important when it comes to structure and predictability. If, the, if your children don't know what to expect when it comes to discipline, they're going to be afraid. They need to know what to expect. Be on the same page if you're married. If you're a single parent, help, help them see where you're at. Okay? This is training or educating them. Here's what it says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 17. It says, discipline your children and they will give you what? Discipline your kids and they'll give you peace. This word discipline literally means right here to train or to educate, not to set up barriers. But to actually love them is really the idea. So your schedule, the discipline, routine, sleep, devices, all of that. Let me just a quick side note here. How many know that this is constantly changing as they grow in age and maturity? So it's, it's not easy, is it? Because you're going, well, you know what? When they were two, if they did something bad, I'd just pat them on the butt cheek. <laughs> you know? Well, now they're 16. I don't think that's really going to work, you know? You know? And so, so what do you do? How do you operate? And, and we're at that place right now in our life where our kids are old enough We've trained them, and so our, our prayer is that now you're going to make the right decision. And if you don't, that's on you now, and we'll help you when you make the wrong one. And so you have to figure out your kids, where they're at with that, to realize and discern and help them and love them. Last part of this predictable parenting, and this is, I'm just going to claim statement here, this is not in the Bible, okay? So this is Pastor Chris's opinion, all right? So here you go before I give you the next point. Argue in front of your kids. This is my opinion. Don't go and close the door and argue. Because then what happens is your, your kids never see you fighting and overcoming that fight. And so I think it's so important because what happened? What? You're getting a divorce, mom and dad? What? What's going on? What, why? We never even saw this coming. And so what they picture is something perfect that's not perfect. And all of a sudden you just blew up their world and are going, what happened? We thought everything was fine. Allow them to see you fight and argue in front of them. But then more importantly, allow them to see you overcome that and see you make up from it. Not make out, make up from it. Making out is for later. Okay. Number three. Everybody say number three. I stole Andy Stanley's quote. Here it is. Your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone you raise. I love this. It's one of the greatest quotes that he's ever said, in my opinion. Okay. 
You might have personal dreams. You might be leading a business and man, I can't wait to take it to the next level. Or you have, you know, desires of ministry or if you've got, you know, all these things that you want to do and you want to see. But do you have a vision for your family? Do you have a vision for your kids? Are you making sure they're not an afterthought? They're the focus. There was this study done that interviewed over 200 kids ages 8 to 18 asking what their parents wish or what their kids wish their parents knew is from Lodhas Research and MomRemade.com. And here, the top two are this. The top two are for us to stop, for, for parents, for you and me, to stop telling our kids that they're the best. That was number one. Okay? They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear that they're the best. They're tired of it. They want you to tell them they're not the best. They want to hear the truth. The second part is just like it, for us to not have more of a competitive mindset than they have. So in other words, well, man, you know what? Uh, we want to make sure you're getting an A. You know, man, oh, A minus. Oh, hey, what happened? You know? How many came from that? I came from that, man. A minus, B, C, they're bad. There's nothing wrong with that. We have these false things and we create these monsters that we don't have to make. Go back to Andy Stanley's quote. Are we raising them realizing they could be the greatest contribution we make to the kingdom of God? by being their parent, by allowing them to become everything they're called to be. Not from you and I, but from God. See what God sees in your children and call that out of them. Allow them to become everything they're called to be. In fact, it says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but raise them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. In other words, bring them up the way they're meant to go. I think a lot of times they have enough pressure right now in their own school, in academia, you know, trying to find a scholarship today, they're worth a lot, trying to be the best in sporting and all that. And so realize that they already want to be the best. They want you to know that you still love them. You know, I got in trouble with my, one of my sons here recently, and I was told this morning, they knew I was teaching on parenting, and one of them this morning asked me, they said, now you're not sharing names, right, Dad? (laughs) Depends. Did you clean your room? (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I, I said, I just said, no, I'm not. But one of them came up to me recently, and he said, Dad, I'm really mad at you. And I said, okay, cool, what's up? And he goes, you know what you did? I, enlighten me, I'm so excited. And he said, when we were young, he said, you would always tell us that our artwork was really good. And it wasn't, Dad, look at it. You know, like, and, <laughs> I just want you to know I have no point for that. You're going to, you can't do it. It's just not going to work. No. But I said, hey, here's the deal. I said, I want you to know. Yeah, maybe it's not your greatest, but as a parent, I want you to know. I want you to call you to life. And, you know, we talked it out and it was, it was a good conversation. Let me give you this last one here. And before I do, parenting's easy, right? This one's really important. Talk about structure, having boundaries, all of this. Stay adaptable. Stay adaptable. Okay. Now, I'm not saying just throw caution to the wind and we're going to be spontaneous all the time. Sometimes kids love spontaneity as long as it's within structure. But then be adaptable. And here's what I mean by this. You might not be able to, you know, change where the wind is coming from, but you can change the sail and the direction of how you go and how you utilize that wind. And so stuff in life happens. Sometimes it's job loss. Sometimes it's, you know, a blended family situation. There's situations that change us all the time, and your kids are watching you. They're watching how you operate, how you see it, how it's happening, even when they're in the infant stage. You know, there's some studies that believe they can even hear you and feel you within the womb of what you're thinking and feeling emotionally. Okay? So 
Here's the deal. They're always watching you. Paul, the apostle, when he was in prison, you know, I look at, he was in prison, he, he was in jail for a long time, you know, not everything went the way, the way he wanted to. He had leadership issues of the churches he planted. He was trying to delegate out leaders. And, and there was different issues in each of these churches. And it continued to multiply. And he had all these issues going on. And, and then he was shipwrecked. And, you know, it talks about him having a thorn in his side. And, and all these just different afflictions of the Apostle Paul. And one of the things that, that hard scripture for me, and it's a convicting scripture to me personally, in my own Christian walk, is when I read this, it's in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. Paul writes these words. We'll put them on the screen. He says, I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Think about that. How many times in our lives do we get to a situation? We know God's real. We've seen him. We've seen him do so many cool things in our lives. And then we get to a tough time. And we have that little bit of doubt. Our kids see that. Our kids are watching Showing adaptability during any kind of time, it helps them find peace, doesn't it? Helps them see peace. And a deep peace that's stronger than the stresses and the trials of life that we go through and Paul went through. Peace that counteracts the unproductive worry that causes us to lose our trust in God. And so be flexible, be resilient in your walk with God. Okay, Grow in difficult times because they want to grow with you. It allows a family to have peace during these hardships and, and joy during the great times. And it allows them to grow deeper in their faith. Bob, I'm going to invite you. If you wouldn't mind just coming up and playing guitar here behind me. I, I just got a couple more thoughts I want to share with you as, as we bring this to a close today. Um, and, and here's, if you've been kind of in and out here, the message this morning. I, I want you to hear this last part because I really believe that this is vital to today. First and foremost... To teach parenting and to be a biblical parent, we have to be a Christ follower. God sent His one and only Son so you and I could have life and have it to the fullest. You'll see there is a, uh, on the program you have, there's a number, and it's our church number, 763-753-2134. If today you're going, I want to commit to Christ, and you never have, I want you to text, text yes to that because we pray for you. Okay, in 2019, by the way, you ready for this? Come on. We had over 50 people text yes and say, I want to give my life to Christ this year. Come on, man. That's awesome. So do that. Get that number. Look at that. But stay with me just for, I got two minutes here. I don't know your situation. And honestly, parenting is one of the scariest things for me to teach because I haven't arrived. My kids aren't adults yet. And so I reached out and, and I, I did something that was either really wise or really stupid. I'm not quite sure yet. But I posted on Facebook that what's happening in St. Francis page. What thoughts do you have about parenting? I'm preaching on it. What questions do you have? And some comments were considerably helpful. Some were, were not. And in the last week, though, I, I said, send me some personal messages. And some of the ones I received really broke my heart. And... Uh, I'm just going to tell you what they were. I'm not going to say who they were. Some were from our church. Some were from the community, uh, other places. And uh, you know who you are if, if you're listening. But one was a, a blended family. And they said, hey, my, my son won't respect, you know, the new dad that's living in here. And I don't know what to do. And at the same time, dad is having a tough time loving the son as his own child. And I said, I said, let me pray on that. Let me think on that because I didn't want to give a rush answer. 
The second one was a, another blended family that's saying, my child doesn't feel cherished. How do I do this? How do I blend it together? And then the third one that was even tougher for me was, we talked about this the last couple weeks, about how as a married couple, one of the reasons many break up is because of a lack of the similar belief. And so one believed one thing and the other believed the other. And they said, well, what if we have kids? And now my kid, you know, really is kind of questioning God. And we're going through this right now because one of them believes and one of them has a different belief. So I prayed and I prayed and I'm like, God, I want to answer to these questions. And I studied parenting in the Bible. And during my devotional time, I was just praying. It was like just wrecking my heart, man. I was just like, God, I want the answers for this. I, I want the answers. I, I, want, I want to have like just these great thoughts and these great little nuggets I can give to these situations because they need hope. And, and, I, and I, I just want to figure it out, God. And then this is what God showed me. I, I can offer you how-tos. I can give you self-helps. But I don't think that's the answer. I really don't. And in fact, some relational prescriptions cannot be solved by a sermon point. They can't. They can only be solved by the Son of God, Jesus. And and I don't want you to think this is a cop-out answer. But you have to stay focused on Him. Especially in those situations. And you have to constantly point other people to Christ. If you're a Christ follower, that is your responsibility and it's your obligation to those especially that you love. And so I'm praying for all of those situations that God gives you a patience and an endurance that's above what I can even think or comprehend. Because you're right, I don't have the answers for those situations. The only answer that I have is Jesus can change lives. Jesus can change hearts. Jesus can change the direction of your family. Jesus can change the direction of your spouse. Jesus can change the direction of your kids. Jesus is the only hope that we have. Come on, give Him some love this morning. Come on. Maybe you're going, I don't know how to hear from God. Let me just close with this thought and I'm going to pray for you. Sometimes it's not about a voice, it's about a verse. Look to the Word. You can find so much today looking to the Word, studying it. Ask your husband, ask your wife, ask your children, hey, can we talk this through together? I'm reading this in my devotions, I see this. Talk it through. Let me pray for you this morning. God, I thank you for the families that are represented here this morning. I thank you for those here that are single, those here that are dating. I thank you for the children. I thank you for those that, that don't know their father, don't know their mother. I thank you for those that are married and have a great relationship. I thank you for those that are married in a blended family that are trying to figure it out. God, I thank you for those this morning that are going, I don't even know why I'm here, God, but I'm, te- I'm testing you and I'm asking you to show up and meet me where I need to be met. And I know, God, that you're going to do that in their life and you're going to do it this morning and today and through this week and these months to come. And so, God, the only hope that we can bank our entire life on is holding on to you, Jesus, because you loved us when we couldn't even love. You first loved us. God, your word said you sent your son for us even while we were still deep in our sin. And so today I pray that we get an ounce of an understanding of what that is and who you are and how you gave your son so that we can have life. God, and maybe here this morning we're going, God, I'm trying to be a great parent. I'm trying to figure it out. May we remember, God, that you are the perfect parent and even your children went away from you. 
And so God, I thank you for your grace and that the only life that we get to really bank on is of your son Jesus. And today we want to thank you for sending him to save us from our own sin and our own mess today, God. We give you this day and we give you this afternoon. I pray blessing on every family and every person that's here this morning that can hear my voice and, and can and is watching today. God, would you be with them and bless them? Pray in Jesus' name. And we all said together, amen. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.